Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm with uh, Chad Studer from Nor Technology. Um, Chad and I have hung out a fair bit at some conferences. I'm really excited to have you on, Chad. Um, give me a little background on your company and how you got there. Absolutely, Lindsay, and uh, appreciate you. It's an honor having, uh, having me on, and uh, always fun to talk with you whenever we run into each other. <laughs> uh, so my name is Chad Studer with Nor Technologies uh, President. We provide design solutions and reality capture hardware for AEC professionals, plant uh, industry, and for public safety, which a lot of people don't know. I'm all for some reality capture and public safety. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff, right? It's just, you forget about all the, the cops and everybody out there using drones and laser scanners. Uh, you know, they have the crime scenes to preserve and fatalities, right? We're, we're just in the AEC world. The, Simple everyday stuff struggling. Uh, they got the real the real uh, headaches out there. <laughs> and to just give our listeners a little background, so I am a laser scan fanatic. Um, so when I got into uh, the AEC industry, the architect, engineer, and construction industry, and I wanted to be in a three D environment with it, you know, Autodesk Revit, um, I ran into an instant roadblock at documenting an existing structure to a level of detail that would translate into a successful building information model and then out to like new design and construction documents. So I very quickly got involved with Leica. I got a Leica BLK 360 and ran into a defective laser, (laughs) typical customer support because Leica is this huge company. Um, and then managed to meet your team. And I will, you know, constantly endorse having that third party support that can actually translate technology that's really cool, uh, very effective, uh, streamlines your workflow, gives customers great experience. But like that transition into how do I take this really cool piece of hardware slash software and get it into my uh, you know, work working systems quickly and efficiently. And that's really where your company, I would say, excels. Yeah, absolutely. We specialize in, in integrating the workflows, right? So we know the laser scanning side very, very well, especially on the Leica side. And we integrate that with the Autodesk side. So a lot of people think of BIM. Uh, it could be AutoCAD, Revit, 2D deliverables, pretty much any deliverable you want to make. We've hopefully already seen work, fl- work through, <laughs> resolved issues, took that support calls with, you know, all the other people that have been scanning for years and years and years as well. And uh, we definitely specialize in that. Um, we're one of the few off- the companies that offer technical support. So anytime you buy the equipment from us, you rent the uh, equipment from us, we'll walk you right through the workflows and support you the whole time. That really is a key identifier. So when I got into this space it was here tools here you here are how you use those tools but it didn't have use cases associated with it and every project is different and so to have uh, a workflow implementation 
Um, and that's sort of like a key thing when you're, if you're trying to get into this space, you know, it is important to say, you know, I don't, I don't just want to be trained on this. I want implementation. I want some strategy around, you know, like what's the best way to navigate this, I don't know, challenging use case. Um, and, and that, that is lacking in this industry. It makes it hard to adopt this technology. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you get fundamental training, but every project is unique. And as you know, over the years of working with software, there's no perfect software out there. So there's always going to be another hiccup. And I kind of relate it to laser scanning. And I think everybody that's listening to this today uh, that does laser scanning, you kind of understand each time you move the scanner, it picks up information. Then you move it again and you move it again. It's called a registration. I think of it as a puzzle. So you're putting a puzzle together. And if you're doing a 2D floor plan, it's a 2D puzzle. But if you're doing a 3D workflow, it's a 3D puzzle that you're building. Okay. When someone buys new equipment, they're building that 3D puzzle for the first time. And it can be very extensive. It can take a lot of time. You know, all these different pieces, depending on how big that first project was. You know, think of it as we've put that puzzle together 10,000 times, right? You call us. We already know where that piece goes before you spotted it on the table. And, and we've been there. And, and I think the tech support, you know, people really appreciate it. But it helps us and our staff more than anybody because we're seeing the real world problems that everyday users are seeing. And, and most of the people that just sell it. You don't see that. You go on, you do five scans, you you import it, and you say, oh, here you go, all done. And that's not the same as, as actually doing an entire project. Right. And if, so if, if you're doing training and you're using the same data, the same scans every same time, <laughs> you've got this like perfectly curated like workflow, and you're like, do this, 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 and this. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's not working because I don't know, this scan got deleted and I can't restore those data points and I don't know how to do this. Um, and when you're like, when you're moving into this 3D construction environment, like, what are you, what are you seeing from the industry? Are they digesting this reality capture environment? What are some of kind of the key distinguishers you're seeing out there? might be the wrong person to ask because I got into the laser scan industry in 1998. <laughs> so I've seen a very, very, I mean, you can say rapid change to where we are today, but it's been so slow to me, you know, for 20 years, uh, it's 23 years since I, I held up the first scanner. And I, I think I told you, you know, last time we talked about it, it was like a mini refrigerator on a tripod, right? In the BLK 360 you're talking about, your scanner is smaller than the batteries we should lug around. And it's the size fact, of a coffee like, can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. You're like a even smaller than a coffee can, right? It's, it's, it's bigger than a 12 ounce uh, pop or something. Like it's half the size of a two liter, right? And uh, yeah. we walked like, a, you ever seen a weeble wobble? You, this thing was like, I mean, it had to be 40 pounds in the left hand, 20 some pounds in the right hand. You just walk back and forth as far as you could set it down and you do another scan. But our scans were only 40 by 40 views. So think of like those old Kodak throwaway cameras. Okay. That's all you could see. And that would take 20 minutes to scan. And then you would turn and you have to have three targets and you have to do another 20 minute scan and another 20 minute scan to register all this data together. So it's really cool to see how far it's came and to watch people still complain how hard it is. <laughs> uh, you know, because when you're out there, it's, it was tough. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's came a long ways over the 23 years. It, it's just the adoption is much slower than I thought it would be, you know, but I, I can't imagine the next 10 years where it's going to be either. It's fun to, 
to kind of picture that and think of that. I, I mean, moving a mini fridge around and having to wait for <laughs> 20 minutes each time. So, That's so let, yeah. So think about how long laser scanning has been around. And this is the first productive unit, you know, like you could actually do work with it, right? Uh, so BIM, the rumor of BIM has been around since the 70s, but I believe it's like Autodesk, somebody coined it, right? And, and it was really like 2000. So laser yeah. scanning was being used on products, projects before they even coined the term BIM. Right? That's well, kind of crazy. You needed to capture an existing condition regardless of whether or not you were in a 2D or 3D environment. Like you just you needed it. Right. And one of the things I remember way back, everybody's like, what is this for? Like, why did they invent this? And it was uh, for steel. So imagine these big steel structures and you're trying to move a great big I-beam hundreds of feet in the air and you put it in place and it doesn't fit. <laughs> so what would you do, right? That's some and, rework. Right. <laughs> That's right. some project lag. <laughs> right. It's just a small example of all, like today, all the things maybe we'll talk about later on and how we use laser scan for every little individual thing, but the time that it took to lower that all the way back down, recut it, put it back into place, if you're wrong again. So they would scan that gap way up in the air, check that measurement once, maybe check it three times, who cares? You only had to scan it once, it's all digital now. And then they'd make sure that part was correct, then move it in the air. So that was one of the, the number one benefits back in the day uh, for laser scan. Well, and that's where, I mean, that's really where I got real excited. I mean, so if I'm at, I'm at Autodesk in 2018, mm -hmm. I see Turner Construction do a presentation with their BLK. So not by any means like the most uh, expensive, not the most accurate, not the mm -hmm. most intense laser scan piece of hardware that you can get. But the presentations that were kicking out there were how quick things moved, how accurate things were. I mean, eighth of an inch is incredible when you're in, you know, these large scale construction projects. And so running down to the floor and really getting to see hands-on, that was Autodesk University 2018, um, really getting to see uh, professionals that are very well established in the industry, get excited about the portability, uh, usability of, of the scan technology. And it, like, it is, it's, it's fundamental, I would say to the, the, digital transformation that we're all trying to push out and get people excited about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember the day we got our first BLK 360 and it was it was really fun because it was something that Leica and Autodesk did together, right? So if, if you remember, we had to have the Autodesk app and then that kind of powered on the BLK 360. And it was so fun, you had the iPad and you hit the button and then it would come into the iPad. And you know what new users, they, no one tells you when you buy it, don't go like more than 30 feet away from the scanner, it quits working. So that's another example, right? Where the first day we got it, we went to the Fillmore in Detroit, the theater, and I think it's still on YouTube. It's like 120 scans in two days. I mean, it was just a 3D representation of this entire facility. And you could use it just for insurance purposes or any renovation you wanted to in the future. And everybody was like, how do you know that's accurate? How do you know that's right? That you just scanned and then the other scan and they just went together. And it was like a puzzle, right? It was like magic. It was uh, it's, it's still memorable today. And it has been a while for that even. Well, and I really do like, I mean, I can go to a laser scan or um, Autodesk University conference and just get really excited to talk about this stuff with other professionals. But what is incredible to see is folks that are outside of the space 
and, you know, starting to share how accessible um, these technologies are. What are you seeing? I mean, are you getting some opportunity to like broaden the horizons and communicate to new audiences about this technology? I mean, you have to love the technology. It's always something new. That's the best part, right? What was the BLK 360? It was three, four years ago. You said 2018, mm -hmm. right? And now we have the BLK to go. You and I were just talking about that one of the past conferences. Which one's better to use? You can just walk through a site now. I don't have to put a puzzle together. I just, I just walk. That's it. Right? Like hold it up like the Statue of Liberty and I have instantaneous data coming in, you know, but then you have the argument, accuracy, what kind of data it is, but it's fun. And I just went to the UAV conference in Vegas. I think it was August, maybe September. And now we have the BLK to fly coming out. So think about putting that technology on a drone and you're going around flying buildings and everybody knows about the Boston Dynamics dog, right? So now we have the BLK ARC. Wait, wait I don't know if they do. I don't know if they do, Chad. Chad, tell us about the Boston Dynamics dog. So now we have it on the dog's head walking around. And everywhere you look, you're probably, you know, getting pictures of you or you're being scanned, right? And uh, yeah. it's just it's so different. It's changing very rapidly at, at this rate, right? In a couple of months, we're seeing new technology uh, come out. We have to apply how to use it. And we have to figure out what's the best use cases, right? Manufacturers can always tell you how to use it, but at the end of the day, it's up to us to get hands-on and figure out the best use cases. And that's probably the best thing of LaserScan I've learned over the years. Every time I think I've seen it all, there's a new use case. And, and those are, is what drives me at the conferences and what you know, just, just makes you listen at all. Like you're doing what with it? <laughs> it's fantastic. So for those who are not familiar with laser scanning at all, um, I would say like the general consumption of, of this type of technology is the LiDAR in the iPad. Um, you've got some photogrammetry. There's lots of people that have interacted with uh, what's known as the Matterport tours on a lot of those uh, virtual tour for realtor websites. Um, if you're wanting to be a consumer of, you know, laser scanning and what are some examples you can talk uh, the listeners through to be a savvy consumer of, you know, you're going to depend on a professional to establish what the use case is. But in some circumstances, if an owner is taking the time to learn about this technology and inform their professional, what are some important informations that those, uh, those owners need to know in regards to picking what the best tool for their product is? And I think that's the number one thing I see if you're going to educate somebody or you always get the people that come to you and like, what would that cost? Or if I want to scan that myself, what, what would I use? I have no idea. Like, what's your deliverable? Are you, are you capturing it in color? Like, is it going to be a Revit model, AutoCAD model? Is it 2D? Is it 3D? You know, what, what is the end goal? And that's usually the number one question that will drive what technology that you're going to use. Uh, as you know, the Matterport, you know, we think of that as you want to really show off something from marketing. It's, it's the highest end photos in a 3D space that you could get. So if I'm trying to leverage someone to go to Vegas and stay in a penthouse, right, I want to showcase that unbelievable uh, visually. You know, if I'm trying to sell a house, it's, it's perfect for those things. But, you know, personally, some companies might use it for small renovations and, and room to room. But you start talking about factories or plants or large areas, the accuracy is not going to be there and you're going to get in trouble trying to extend that accuracy from one end to the other. A uh, small example, when you, when you talk to owners, you know, do you use survey control, right? We've, we've learned over the years, 
just because you scan it, it doesn't mean it's accurate. There's different types of accuracies that we talk about. And one of my favorite stories back in the day is they scanned a General Motors plant and they kept scanning and scanning and then they overlaid it on their 2D documents and nothing was lining up. And they used you know, control, but they didn't have survey control. They're like sphere to sphere, three targets, three targets, but it was accurate. But because they didn't use survey control, they didn't, and it didn't line up, they didn't understand that there's a 1% slope on the entire floor across a million square feet to push out the World War II planes. So oh. that got, you know, you would have never saw, you couldn't even measure. No way. Right? Yeah, so that's, that's where you just never know what you're gonna run into. And in a big situation like that, you run survey control. Now that's giving you X, Y, and Z, those, those heights and tying you in and leveling that over a million square feet, it could be a foot off one end to the other. And you're resolving that. A lot of times in BIM, you know, architectural MEP, we might not need to know that. We bring it into Revit and we just flatten it out, right? So again, what, what is the end goal? Who's it going to? Is there a surveyor, civil engineer involved, or is it just a building renovation? Yeah, and I would say one of the key points is you need the exterior. So uh, the Matterport, Matterport uh, photogrammetry doesn't do well outside because it's a photograph. So you've got a lot of light controls that are an issue. And where I was really geeking out is this LIDAR bounce back measurement is, I mean, it's what we use every day. It's just in a more complete package. It was like 360,000 points of measurement per second. Per like, second, right? And how, how do you describe a point cloud, Lindsay? What would you say? Like, I always struggle with this. You know, sometimes I'm like, you ever had a light bright when you're a kid and there's all these little holes in the, because a lot of people don't know that it reflects, like it has a camera. And even if it doesn't do photos, it's still, you know, some of them are 2 million points a second, right, on some of these scanners. And then even if you don't use color, it can reflect a multi-hue back so it could read, like, I think of a street sign as green and has white letters on it. It will reflect back different colors so you can read that. Or you can see paint stripes on a road. Like, it's crazy what you, what you get if you've never seen one, but then you add color and it's phenomenal, right? So how, how do you describe it? How do I, so I, I actually have some collateral. <laughs> I know. Well, so what I say is that um, in order to have an accurate renovation project, you need to measure. And so you, you can take a look and you can do a pointer shoot measure, but what's happening when the scanner is doing these measurements is creating a, a cascade of measurements from each scan location. Each of those scan locations are then stitched together to create a point cloud. The point cloud functions as a template for you to build your digital model off of. And each of those um, measurement, each of those points that you're seeing, the visual points are actually tied to a measurement point. And that's kind of the distinguishing factor is that it's not, you're getting the visual reinforcement of being able to see where everything is when you're doing these scans. But the idea that you can tag one of those and use those as a, as a you know, point of measurement from here to there, um, is really where it distinguishes itself. So you get the, I would say you get the best of both worlds. You get the visual representation of the space and you get the measurement associated with that. Right, right. Uh, no, it's good. It's a, a complete uh, 3D visualization of existing uh, properties and you can cut a cross section through any part of it that you want and get actual measurements or representation of that object. Right? Let me tell you, let me tell you when I do a section through a point cloud and that structure is uh, failing and I can show 
in a section view what level should be and what the scanner picked up. It is so powerful. It is uh, important. So when you're, especially in a historic renovation or addition, it's hard to strategize where you're going to allocate your your money, you know, mm-hmm. to rehabbing that structure. So to have a comprehensive slice through a historic building and see where exactly you're going to want to reinforce so that that building can last for like another century. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just really, it's for me, very exciting to see like, see, see, like you could take a golf ball yeah. and you can roll a golf ball and know that you're, <laughs> you know, that yeah. your house is leaning on some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Like go back to the GM plant. Like how fast does that golf ball slide? Right, <laughs> right. A true test, uh, right. But it doesn't. So even if you can tell that the ball is rolling from one side of your house to another, <laughs> it doesn't really give you the the information that you would need to to compensate for that structural deformation. And if we want to, you know, really do responsible rehabilitation to historic buildings, then that's really a great way of saying, all right here, this is where we need some help. And yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and not to get you off the track there, but so if you go back with uh, the Matterport and the VLK 360, then they came out with the app that you could merge the two together to work outside to collect that information too. So that was a great educational year where we had trying to teach one's more of a camera and one's more of a scanner and then trying to work together because they just really wanted photos we're like, but it does a lot more than that. You want the measurements. You want the LIDAR data, the point cloud, right? That's what's important. I mean, I think so. That's really been, it's been the breakthrough, especially when I need to collaborate across states or countries or, you know, it's it's how everyone can feel respond, like accountable. If you have a really good laser scan done that has like survey controls, like it really does unlock the collaboration. And mm-hmm. that's, that gives my clients access to design professionals that are, you know, time zones away. And how fun is that? Right, right. And if you think about like how we used to do it, right? So did you go out there with a tape measure, right? You just kind of measured everything and then you put it on 2D paper, make notes. And then especially if you had like interns just go out there and do it, you're like, was this to the inside windowsill or was it the outdoor of the frame? Right? Was the was the frame of the door or the inside of the door? And most of the time, I don't know. You know, you, would you bet your job on this measurement, or do you want to go back and measure it again? Like, I'll go measure it again. I don't care. It's three hours away. I'm going again. And with a point cloud, you don't care. I don't care what you did. You set the scanner up in the middle of the room. It captures every single thing that you saw. I can go back and remeasure that windowsill or frame vertically, horizontally, the door. Everything can be double checked, no matter what. And, and I think the hardest part about a point cloud is they say it's not accurate. It didn't match my tape measure. Okay, well, where did you measure? I don't know. I either measured that part on the floor. I might have been like waist high because that's where the window was. But how do you know my measurement's wrong if you don't know where you measured the doorway? Because the doorway is not perfect, right? And I think that's one of the misconceptions when you renovate any building or you know, you're just trying to figure out any type of new design is you're just assuming maybe because you use Revit in the past that everything's built perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and flat walls, flat floors, flat roof, like whatever I, it is. And, and I think people just take it for granted, right? But if, if you go take like a 90 degree square 
And, and it, it visually, you never get it. But anybody listening, just go home tonight, pick any room in your house, <laughs> and put a 90-degree square in any corner, and it will not work. <laughs> it will not work. Like, like hey. staircases, like the treads, right? They just have to be a minimum maximum to pass inspection. But they're, if, I don't know, two of them are the same, I'd be shocked, right? They're all off just a little bit. They're not perfect. You know, woods, when you, when you put in two by fours, nothing's perfect. You're going to, you're going to have that happen. Yeah. And, and I, now magnify that on, you know, a 1934 building, you know, it's a 700,000 square feet or a million square feet and imagine the problems you have. You, like you think you designed it perfectly. And then all of a sudden the construction company goes out there and like, you know, that's a foot off. <laughs> Exactly. Ooh, well, the, the one that I heard was, where did you get your measuring tape? Yeah. Like, who says that that measuring tape is perfectly calibrated? What were the markings on that measuring tape? And you can just go deep, deep into a rabbit hole. Yeah. You never want to come out with, like, you're suddenly you're in the fetal position. Like, I can't get it precise and accurate at the same time. <laughs> I know. Or how do you know you measured it like square in the door frame? Like you could have been off tilted an inch and it, you know, really doesn't matter in their eyes, but you have to argue your scan data isn't accurate enough. Like, um, I, I know some finished trim guys that would really love some eighth of an inch accuracy, like across like the globe. Good enough. Yeah. Just give me that. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, so we're like going deep down a rabbit hole of um, scan enthusiasm. And I think what's interesting is that it's this enthusiasm and this work experience that you had that kind of drove you to establish uh, your company. So how did you get there? Like, was it a difficult transition into establishing this? Like, what were some of the pain points you experienced? Yeah, I guess without going too far back, uh, you know, my parents were playing video games. <laughs> But uh, long, long story short, uh, you know, I got into, if you think about it, I learned AutoCAD and, and software side of things. You know, I, I started looking at 1998 and people were still on drafting boards back then, which is just crazy to think about too. And so as a society, how far we've come just with digital, you know, software, let alone, you know, digital, digital measurements and everything. Uh, but I started working for an Autodesk partner in 1998. And that partner bought a laser scanner for like $123,000. And we all kind of looked at it, like I told you, you know what it did, right? 40 by 40 view. Uh, I don't know if you remember, there used to be that vacuum cleaner that would come to your door all the time. And they'd want to Curvy, yeah, it was super expensive, right? It was like, no, I don't Really have heavy? Yeah, what was it? It was in Mr. Mom, because like it was the shark that ate the kids. <laughs> yeah. no, they were, like I was young and they were like $1,500. I'm like, I don't care how clean my carpet is, right? So everybody wanted to see this laser scanner. And I was tasked with basically making sure, you know, technically it worked and you could demo it and how to work with the software. And you would just go all over it and you would show up and everybody loved it. That's the coolest thing ever. And then you tell them it's $123,000 and they were just like, get out of here. Like the, like the vacuum Kirby <laughs> cleaner back in the day. Uh, but over, over time, you know, it, it made sense, right? And, and they've came a long ways. So from a small company, it got bought out by a great big company. And that big company, you know, everybody gets channeled different directions. So there was sales, there's pre-technical sales, post-technical sales, and there's a support center, okay? Well, whenever you go to sell something, they take the pre-sales person with them. And the, whoever was buying something really loved the pre-tech. The technical person that was smart, right? They, they advertise that product. And they're like, if we buy this, will you do our training? 
We're like, well, nobody, somebody else comes in there. And then that person goes in there, they fly out on a Sunday, come back on a Friday, right? We're doing this training. And they had to win over that knowledge like the pre-sales person did, right? But by the end of the train, the client now loved them. Well, guess what? When they had problems, they call up and now you're getting a support center. And they don't care who you are, what you know. They have no idea about your company. The pre-sales person knew everything. The technical sales person knew everything about you. And now you got to start all over. And they're just asking you the dumbest questions in the world. So I ended up doing that probably for another year or two. And I was like, this just doesn't make sense. So I want to get back to one person engaging the client and building that relationship, understanding them when they call, what their problem is, and knowing like they're very advanced. They know what they're doing. I'm not going to start here and say, you know, like tech support was for Dell for a while. Like it just starts reading these things off on a cue card. <laughs> so I couldn't take anymore. So I uh, quit there and I started my own company. It was called ADSK Solutions. So it was just for Autodesk. All I helped people with was uh, training and support on the Autodesk side. Uh, Leica was a good fit because they didn't have anybody to do laser scanning. And I knew all the technology back then. So I became a dealer of their scanners. And working with Autodesk, it was a perfect pair together. And it just worked out really, really well. And 12 years later, we're most known for that relationship that we started the company for. So it's, it's grown and blossomed because, you know, the person that goes out there engages, knows the product, and is there for the entire life cycle and, and watches your success, which is the way it should be. And then about eight years ago, uh, you know, drones got to be successful and it was a perfect fit. So I encourage anybody that's doing laser scanning, you're already familiar with point clouds and that's what drones do. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you got into them yet, Lindsay, but Are you if you fly talking to me, drone, Chad? Yeah, am, am I getting a drone? I'm going to get a drone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you fly a drone, it takes hundreds of photos, thousands of photos, and you put it in the software called Pix4D, which we're a dealer of too. My little plug, shameless plug. <laughs> But it will take all these photos and it gives you an ortho geotiff image or it gives you a virtual model. I call it like a laser scanner light. So it's a really baby version of point clouds, but it's just a natural fit because I think the hardest thing for any client I've ever worked with is to get used to point clouds. Like I, I'm still kind of getting used to pulling that measurement, right? That's, that's the hardest challenge is trusting that measurement. And it's gotten a lot better now where you can do perpendicular measurements Right. But that's always the key. So, uh, you know, with the 107 certifications, legally fly drones now, and that became another big tower of our company. And so you got the Autodesk, you got the scanning, and you have drones, which is just, just you know, really good for reality capture. It's a great fit. So some of the companies will do 700,000 square foot plants. Uh, we're doing the Fisher. We hope the client do the Fisher body plant here in Detroit. It's uh, 500,000 square foot. It's 20 years, maybe 30 year old eyesore on 75 and 94. And we help the client take two RTCs in there and laser scan the entire thing. And they're going to transform that into apartments. That so, is how, that is how the digital revolution is going to actually feed sustainability goals. Absolutely. And they're already talking about sustainability on the roof, how they're going to do it. So instead of scanning the whole roof, we had them fly it with the drone, right? So that's how it ties in. And you can actually put the two things together to make an overall point cloud too, which is really cool. And I, 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 that's where I get so excited. So the 
it is a little bit difficult sometimes to sell sustainability to the construction industry, mostly because I feel like the, there's already a heavy lift that the construction industry is responsible for. So here you're given some paper documents. In some cases, you got entire um, truckloads of paper documents associated with a big large scale construction project. Mm -hmm. And you need to get it done better, faster, cheaper, no injuries, uh, no mistakes. And <laughs> then you're gonna say to that same industry, you know what, it'd be really great if you just reworked this structure that already exists, we're gonna give you really bad measurements. Just, just bear with us, really bad measurements. <laughs> we want you to turn it into, you know, sustain, like really uh, uh, environmentally friendly materials like that you've never worked with before. Like, just do that. Just like, <laughs> I, construction would be like, go fly a kite. But if we are actually using our technology, to give that project team more tools, feel confident about the project, then that actually is viable. Absolutely. I mean, I, I look back at how people used to do it back in the day. But basically, it was a lot of mistakes and a lot of change orders. And that's what we're really eliminating up front. And the owner has an option, to me, is a small, cheap insurance policy of laser scanning it up front for a better solution and return their investment at the end. Right. Because otherwise they're going in with a certain amount and that end amount is going to be way more than you ever expected. And we're going to eliminate that or reduce it dramatically by having the measurements up front and that the whole team has access to. And that's my yep. Hold what are what are some of the I would say three, let's just go with three misconceptions about either adopting uh, 3D technology or scan technology with the industry that you kind of want to like push through and get over. Uh, the easy button. <laughs> that oh, the BLK has one button. You push it. <laughs> that everybody, everybody wants to scan and they want to have a floor plan or a 3D model. Everybody just thinks it's super easy. Just go do it and come back. You know, why, why is it difficult? So I think that's the misconception. You know, I've been doing it a long time. I, I think field skiing is easy, but you forget when you take somebody out there in the field for the first time, and they're laser scanning, there's a lot of little things you need to know, and there's little hiccups that happen, and it's your first time. It, it's, it is difficult, right? Uh, so that's the probably number one is, is there's no easy button yet. Um, I don't know, Lindsay, they did come out with the quick plan tool, so you can scan with the BLK360 with Cyclone BL360 app, and then you can start tracing the floor plan, and you can click walls and doors, and export it out like that is pretty neat if you don't know the autodesk solution to you know to trace over it or digitize it right uh, that, that is available so that's really cool uh the other misconceptions i guess uh is, is just the idea if if like that fisher body plan right if you're going to do that and you put it in a revit everybody draws it as a perfect wall and there's no perfect wall out there so now we have this BIM model that everybody wants to work off of, but it's not perfect. The construction crew still goes out there and you're measuring off design documents from an existing building that's not necessarily right. So I think it's always important to have that laser scan data, give to the construction company, subcontractors, whoever it is, to actually take those measurements themselves to do that. Uh, the, the other one, 
is you can design it however you want. You can put your stamp on it and tell me how great it is, right? The construction company doesn't care. <laughs> they are going to go out there no matter what, and they have to get their job done with the most return on their investment that they can too. And they have deadlines and you named everything, safety, whatever that is, right? So it seems like it's whatever contractor goes in first is where that thing's gonna go. And they didn't even look at the model. So I, I, I think the biggest misconception is because you do BIM, the ass bills are gonna be perfect afterwards type thing. And you don't, you still have to scan it afterwards or as everything technology gets better, throughout the construction progress, you're gonna have to scan it get it back to somebody quickly and then measure and say, look, you put that in the wrong spot, you're going to move it. <laughs> so the next one can go in there and you're going to pay for the delays. Like that's the only way to make this entire industry better is to put things where they're supposed to be from the model, enforce the model, and have the as bills more accurate at the end. I feel like that's how we're, a lot of the software that I'm seeing come into the marketplace is designed to get accessibility. Like it does not matter how amazing my point cloud is if I'm the only one that gets to see it and play yeah, around with it. using it. Like it, they can look at it, they gotta use it too. <laughs> zero, like zero benefit. And I never, I purposely move away from you. Just trust me, trust me, I got the point cloud, it's good. No, no, no. Whenever I'm subcontracted to an architect to do like a as-built, I'm like, I, I do a meeting and I show them. I'm like, this is where the structure is off. But of course you have to pick like the law, the averages of where that, you know, wall lies, but just, you know, put that little bubble around it and saying, you know, just fair warning, your structure is just collapsing right here. Right. There's this. Before you, do, before you spec that beam, that custom timber, just go measure exactly where you need it to be but that's a much easier workflow than me saying you have to measure find all the discrepancies in this building right how many how many plans do we see it says field verify or verify in field you know like especially if you scanned it just go in there check it double check it put the measurement on you didn't have to go to the site anymore someone supplied you with the point cloud all the information is there you know please put that on there <laughs> And that is a good, that's a good check for owners. Like if you have your construction documents in hand and you're seeing a lot of the, I mean, an acronym, shock of shocks, more acronyms everywhere. Um, <laughs> if you see VIF, like those are areas that you could confirm as well. If you really want to feel good about, you know, is your construction team being given high quality information to execute your project? Like that's, that's like a global project team issue is right. that, is that, I, I agree because I can put my design hat on. And responsibility say, too. Right? I can't know everything, folks. You know, mm -hmm. I can have a point cloud. I can give access to all of this, but it, I'm human. I, but I will do. I'll do a call out. Say, this area is complex. You need the team to take a look at it, and let's really strategize how to navigate this challenge. But that's like that's far in front of active field construction before materials are ordered and errors are made. Right. Right. And hopefully the BIM model originally was correct. You know, you just- We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, it's all, it all takes time, right? That's that's the thing. And, and that's what we're seeing in the industry, right? Just because it says BIM doesn't mean it's right. Uh, we wanna check all those things. Yeah, and it's funny. So I did, uh, I'm part of Women in BIM. Women in BIM is trying to bring awareness to mm -hmm. building information modeling generally. 
Um, and because it's a burgeoning um, sector of the construction industry, they're saying like, there's already a discrepancy in female representation or in diversity representation in this industry. Since we're opening up this new category, um, let's just make sure that like from the get-go that we're having, you know, equitable representation in this field. And I, I feel like that is why this sector of the industry is going to excel. Mm-hmm. It's because when I go to a laser scan conference, everyone's just really excited to be there because there, there's like a shared, we want really good data. We want, you know, efficient projects that run on time, on budget. Like there's just mm-hmm. sort of a universal culture there that's yeah. already established. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I don't think there might be a few companies that have trade secrets that they don't quite share anymore. But for the most part, at least at the circle I'm in, everybody's open. We're sharing everything we know. And, you know, back in the day, maybe everybody kind of hid that in and, and like didn't share that anymore. But it's it's open and you can share whatever you want because it's the next year and the next year and the next year you got to keep up again because it just keeps changing, right? And everything we do is changing. Workflows are changing, where we store the data is changing, what type of data we're getting, right? The, the BLK to go is SLAM technology, the NAV is CART and, and, and that's SLAM compared to you know the engineering data. So it, it's always constantly changing. So whatever you share now, it's gonna be different next year anyhow. Yeah, and just be prepared for that. And that is one of the questions that I like to ask the guests. Like if you have, if you're a young person and you're trying to figure out where you want to be professionally and if you want to move into the construction industry, is there some some information, some like approaches that you thought you could share with your younger self that you could share with the audience? You know, get the best mentor you can. <laughs> you know, the... you're gonna set yourself up. We got people on LinkedIn, look up chat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the number one thing I see is there's there's still a lot of, what do you say, I won't say architects, professionals that are still not using the new tools. So as a young professional, you can pretty much pick who you want to go work with right now. If they're not using laser scanning or some type of new technology that you're interested in, please don't just take the summer job to run around with tape measures and jot down notes right? That's not getting you anywhere. That's not advancing your career. If you go out there and you use a laser scanner, you just got a skill. You got something you're going to use for the next 20 years. It might not be the same scanner, but you just learn the technology, the registration, the deliverable, like try to work in a 3D world is probably the, you know, number one thing. However you're there, just make sure you do it. (laughs) Download the free Autodesk student version software, prep yourself so you look good walking in on the interview. And don't say no to technology. Don't be afraid of it. You got to jump in with both feet. Because I've been telling people for 20 years, laser scanning is not going away if you like it or not. It's here to stay, right? And people make fun of our drones and they're like, oh, there's a drone going over my house. Doesn't matter. They're not going away. You better like them. You better get used to them. You know, it's, it's just, it's good stuff. Good technology. Yeah, find a way to make it work for you. And that's, right. so many professionals are, have used the school of Google and YouTube to really learn what they wanted to get out of the industry. And then they go hunt for that firm that provides that, that ecosystem that they can thrive in. Yeah. And that, that's my biggest thing. Like professionals are still doing the same thing over and over and over, over again, because it worked for them. It doesn't mean it's the best way anymore. And maybe you find a little niche to kind of hide in, but it, now you're passing that down to generations. Like eventually it's going to catch up 
with the, the new generation coming in for sure. Yeah. Can you hear all the car alarms going off outside? Yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't turn them off. Hey, we'll hide it. Turn it down. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, thank you so much for joining me today. If you're interested in Women in BIM, you can find womeninbim.org. If you want to reach out to Nor Technologies, you can find them on LinkedIn. You're, you have a profile on LinkedIn. Are there any okay. other ways to reach yeah, out to you guys? Uh, and the biggest thing I'll just put out there, we also rent all the technology that we talked about today. So if anybody wants to try it out or just get a free presentation, we're always happy to, to showcase the, the technology in what we call it super easy to use. But everybody knows it does take you know, knowledgeable professionals to, to use it correctly. I think that that is a great resource to provide because it is, it's, it's a comfortable way of, of immersing yourself into new possibilities. So I do really appreciate the service that you provide in this market. And I think you really hit a good niche. So thank you. And thank you for being on the show. And if you, anybody who's listening wants to hear more, you can always go to inside the firm and uh, reach out to Chad, get some information if you're curious about laser scanning and uh, thank you, Chad, for being on. Yeah, really appreciate it. Always fun talking with you and hanging out. So thanks again.